Hello and welcome to the Corner 3 where we're post-up spotted up talking all things Dallas Mavericks basketball on and off the floor. My name is Bobby Corella. Joining me as always, the great Stanley Cup wielding Austin <laughs> Ivan. Got it. Always what's, have what's to have in there? Um, just some water and like some um, Advocare Spark. I don't know if you know what that is. I but don't. <laughs> it's just like for energy. Oh, okay. You know. Okay. Flavored fruit if you, punch. If you'd like to sponsor the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, no, that's cool. Yeah. I th- does it work? Do you feel energized? Well, like caffeine really doesn't do anything to me in general. Like I could drink coffee and go to bed two minutes later. Mm. Okay. Have you consulted so just, a physician about this? No. Or you, do you just like drink so much that you're just like, no, I to don't. It? I just, it just doesn't face me. You got wow. like a support group for this? I, maybe I should. Like, <laughs> my name's Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Caffeine doesn't affect me. Uh, joining also, uh, concerned at the end of the table, looking very studious, very sharp today, Isaac Harris. Yeah, sometimes you got to give the contacts a break, and I'm trying to follow doctor's orders, you know. We had our first. YMCA like five year old basketball game last week. I was gonna ask. Oh my and gosh! It was one of the most. You're ca- twenty five <laughs> seconds into this. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> We're good. I was gonna ask how the game was. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> we could use that for the buzzer at uh, Suns games. <laughs> um. Anyway, it was the most chaotic thing I've ever experienced in my life. Was the ref calling travel early in the game to like really set the tone? He wasn't. But I've just I've never been all over the court and they, like I've never coached anything like that. So just trying to figure out what to do as the coach. And then there was a few times I wanted to say something to the ref. But I'm like, it's first game. You're not supposed to steal the ball, and he's just letting other teams steal the ball. Oh, really? So I'm like, uh, so going up against a team like these kids are going to be like future D1. Yeah, I'm about to. I'm like, I'm just going to tell my team just tackle the other team. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if you're not going to call it, like yeah. Most importantly, did you guys come up with a team name? We did, Earthquakes. I like it. Okay. Unique. I, I let them, you know, pick, and that was the best option. Any uh, San Jose soccer fans on that team, or what? I don't think so. I don't think okay. there's any season ticket holders. Okay. But that's something to ask for next week. Maybe <laughs> in the future, though. Well, that's cool. I'm glad. Uh, how many plays do they know? Like Zero. What's your, what's your, oh, okay. We have to work on, I mean, same, like the Mavs and the Earthquakes. Got to work on rebounding. Okay. So they can't understand the concept of rebounding right now. So. Okay. I mean, I guess it is kind of a difficult concept to explain to a five-year-old. Yes. And a lot of the kids have played soccer. So it's just like in soccer, you just go where the ball is. Yeah. And it's all like converge. So they tried to do that. And I'm like, no, you have to like guard your guy. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. I can understand that. Anyway, game two is tomorrow and Saturday. So we'll see. I'll give you an update next week if we're better. Oh, good luck. Yep. Good luck. Can't wait. Uh, okay. Well, we've delayed the inevitable for too long. There was a basketball game the other night. We have to talk about it by rule. We don't, we don't have a choice. The Mavs played the Lakers in LA. Uh, the good news is that Luca played the game and eventually the game ended. The bad news is that the game started and Dallas ends up losing 127 to 110. <sighs> What happened, Isaac? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think it's one of those games where I don't want to, like, do the cop out on it, but they got to hit their threes. They only hit 11 threes. They, they hit, you know, I think it was six of those threes in the first three quarters. Um, they were, like, it, two for 16 at halftime or something outrageous. Yeah, it was just brutal in that. I mean, they got killed in the paint. Um, they got killed in the fast break. They couldn't get out and run uh, very much. And, you know, Kyrie's been on a tear for the first, you know, what, eight games of – of January to start the year and you know it eventually he's going to come back down to earth at some point and he was like four of 16 from the field and he came game. crashing back down to earth about 30 seconds into the game <laughs> yes <laughs> yes LeBron tried to take him out and uh yeah so um yeah I, I think it was a, a bunch of different reasons they all kind of just happened in the same game it's Luca's first game back which is you know awesome having him back in there is like um to have him and Lively and Kyrie all playing in the same game you know was uh, fun to see again. Feels like we haven't seen that in a, in a while. But yeah, it's just one game. But I ca- I kind of didn't like lose sleep over this one. It was like, all right, there's just like three or four things that didn't go well. They didn't hit their shots. Kyrie didn't play super efficient. But that's not going to happen every game. What about after the game? What's press conference theater looking like after a game like that? 
honestly, that's pretty much what Luca and Coach Kid both said. Like third quarter, especially, it was pretty close at halftime. I think they're down just four. Third quarter, they come out and they don't make their shots, and then that allows the Lakers to get easy transition opportunities and get points at the rim. So that was kind of the the main things that they pointed to post game as well. Um, and then the other thing, yes, Luca was back, but like Luca hasn't practiced since he was out. So that was like something Coach Kid talked about, like our games we're using them as practice too to get maxi like back and healthy like get him minutes mm-hmm. like he's practicing during a game to get back to full speed so like they're trying to balance that as well with luca coming back and luca talked about like he was having to do stuff on his own because he doesn't have any practice opportunities to get back into a groove so they hadn't practiced since like the beginning of december but that was just kind of the way the schedule has played out where they're playing every other day so that's kind of just something that you know trying to get everyone back healthy, trying to get back into a groove and didn't have any practices to do that. Yeah, between now and Monday, the Mavs have zero games, so they'll be able to practice uh, two, three times this weekend, which, like you said, it's been, I think, since either right before or right after the Portland game where Kyrie got hurt. It was, like, the last time they practiced. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, literally like last over, year. Yeah, you like, know, I feel like last. over a month ago. Yeah, yeah, it's been and, a long and time. Kyrie made a point, you know, the other day after a game, he's like, because somebody started a question by saying that, and he like interrupted him and said, "You know how crazy that is. Like, you know how crazy it is that we haven't practiced since you know December, whatever you know, whatever it was." And I also want to say the Lakers hit a ton of shots in this game. They're not, you know, you start looking at some of their offensive numbers as a team individually. They're not uh, one of the best teams in the league on offense. They put up 127 in this game, shot 54 percent from the field. D'Angelo Russell, you know, went off at what 30, 29 points. Um, so yeah, it was he kind of like tough a, shots in the second half too. He did, like yeah. teardrops and stuff. Yeah, you know that one that he hit. I think it was over lively. It was like this running, sort of like running, floating hook shot, teardrop floater thing. Like I don't think that he was. I think he was trying to lob it to AD, and it just went in. Like it was just one of those kind of nights. But um, yeah, you know, I think uh, some of the their practicing during games thing is pretty obvious on tape too. Because for example, these last few games they've been like doubling Anthony Davis or doubling Jonas Valanciunas or whoever in the post, and their rotations are just like not really there. You know, like that first game against the Pelicans, Jordan Hawkins is getting a bunch of open threes because they just weren't totally on the same page with rotations. Some of that is because they have zero lineups that have played 100 minutes this season. But some of that is also because they just haven't done it. You know. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I, I'm expecting them to look, if nothing else, maybe they don't win their next five games in a row or whatever. But after having a weekend with no games and with hopefully multiple practices, good practices, they should look at least crisper, you know, mm-hmm. like sharper. Everybody should be doing what they're doing. Um, but it's kind of this thing. We've been stuck in a, in, a, in a rut for the last, like, week or two of good win and then annoying loss. So the Mavs in their last three or last six games, they're three and three. They have three wins against very good teams, beating Minnesota, uh, beating the Knicks, beating the Pelicans. They've had three uh, rather dispiriting losses to the Grizzlies, to the Pelicans, and then to the Lakers. Now, uh, I will maintain that the Lakers are better than their record. Um, the other two games, you know, given who was available and who wasn't for those two teams, you know, uh, makes it a little more frustrating. We talked about that last week. Uh, but generally speaking, what's the vibe check like? Let's do a vibe check. How are you feeling? Are you feeling confused, annoyed, confident, indifferent, unmoved? I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of a roller coaster, but I I feel like that's just kind of at the point of the season where we are, where it's expected that there's going to be some bumps and bruises along the way. So you've shown that you can play with these good teams and you can beat them, and then you've maybe dropped down and played to the level of competition a few times, um, which you don't want to see, but it's going to happen. So you just kind of have to learn from that, get everyone healthy and try to even back out. So it's not so many ups and downs, kind of just stay on a more steady path. Follow up question to that. And also to last week's pod. So last week's pod, we talked about how they beat the wolves and then they lost to the Grizzlies. And I was like, you know, as a player at this juncture, as a team, you win this awesome game and then you have a letdown, you know, conversely, when you do get cooked a couple times, like they have, they've bounced back, Almost every time this season, after a double-digit loss, they said, I don't take that with you. I think they're like 11-2 and two or something, following a double-digit loss. Um, does getting beaten down kind of light a fire under your butt in a way that maybe losing by two or three wouldn't? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the team. Because if you have a team 
and you don't have great leadership in the locker room or within the coaches and you have a tough loss, like you could start to spiral. Um, but the Mavs haven't done that, so that says they have the leaders. We know we, who the guys on the team are that are talking in the locker room, the coaches, what they're telling them. And, no, they're, you're, they're getting right back out there, and they're ready to bounce back and have a great game. So I think that says a lot about the character, the attitude, the mindset that the Mavs have that even after a tough game, you know, you kind of have to throw it out the window at some point and get ready for the next one, and they've been able to do that. And, Isaac, we'll talk about the schedule, uh, upcoming schedule, a little bit more later on in the show, but their next game is against Boston. If you want to have any chance of winning that game, you got to bounce back in a big way. So how, how do you feel about that? Do you see the bounce back coming, or do you think it is going to kind of be this, like, every game is its own universe experience like we've been in? Yeah, I mean, I think it could be like that for a little bit because they just, you know, you referenced uh, their five-man lineups, and that's what I was, I was looking up right here. You know, their, their five-man starting lineup um, with Lively, Luca, Kyrie, and Grant and Derek Jones Jr. that started the year, um, they've played 99 minutes together. That's the high, you know, it's the most amount of minutes a five-man unit has played for the Mavericks. You look at just you just look at cross at you know I just did one team here, but you just look at Denver. Denver's starting five has played 485 minutes together. Whew. So, and I'm sure there's some other starting. They played five. a lot of minutes last year too. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm sure there's some starting fives you know, out there, I just, you know, selected Denver because it's right beside Dallas that have played even more than that. The fact that Dallas doesn't have any starting five or any five that has played more than a hundred minutes together shows you that they just haven't had a lot of time to gel and figure it out. Even the three man lineup that we mentioned last week of lively Luca and Kyrie, they played like 250 some you know, minutes together. Um, that's not a ton. Like that's not a lot. Um, I was just looking at Denver's and you know, they have a three-man lineup that's played over a 1,000 minutes together already this season. So, you know, it, it just shows you even, like, your three best players haven't got a ton on the pl- – you know, on the I say three best, but they haven't got a ton of time on the court together. You don't have a lot of continuity right now. You know, Josh has been back for a week or so, you know, a couple of weeks. Luca just came back. Um, Lively just came back a few games ago. So I think we could see this, uh, you know, for a little bit of, hey, man, one game they're looking awesome, another game they come back to earth, they still are still trying to figure it out. So, unfortunately, I think we we could. I hope not, but I think we could see this for a little bit. Yeah, and this isn't like laying on the excuses either. Like, it is just a fact of life, you know. Um, yeah. Continuity makes it easier to anticipate what your teammate is going to do on offense and on defense. And when you don't have any of that, it's tough. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, case in point, going into that second Pelicans game, so the game whenever the Pelicans had all their guys back and the Mavs were still down a few guys, uh, the Mavs' lineup, like the Mavs' best possible five-man lineup, consisting of players that were available in that game, had played 15 minutes together all season. That was like mm-hmm. their most used lineup going into that game. That is absurd, you know. So you have to be able to develop continuity, rhythm, chemistry, and all that stuff. And you can do that off the court. Like you can get to like each other and all that stuff. But you have to learn how each other like to play, which is what's made this rash of injuries over the last month really annoying. Um while other teams, you know, some other teams are dealing with it, maybe it's like one or two guys out at a time. The Mavs have had like four or five guys out, so, you know, that play like key roles. So we'll see how they how they over overcome it. But um, here is one stat before we move on to some big trade news. Um, one stat that has been um, haunting my sleep for the last couple weeks. Uh-oh. So in the last five games, the Mavs are two and three three in those last five games that's going back to the Grizzlies game through the Lakers game right um the Mavs are two and three in those games they have a 124 defensive rating in those five games which is uh not very good they were actually really good uh, essentially from like mid to late December until this stretch of basketball uh they were like top 10 top 15 defense now they're 124 in the last five games and that is a 152 defensive rating in the third quarter in those five games 152 uh that includes some really hot shooting so like the grizzlies six of 12 in the third quarter pelicans seven for nine and four for five the lakers were five for six from three so some of it is just like the other team is getting really really hot some of it is maybe hey halftime adjustments happen some of it is maybe uh like what you said austin the mavs are just coming up empty on against the lakers and lakers are able to get out in transition and then they just you kind of lose control of the game you know so games can get away from you really really quickly in the NBA, which is why it's so important to have guys that are, you know, have been there before, that are comfortable on the floor, that are comfortable with their teammates, all that stuff, so you can, like, navigate those rocky waters and choppy waters together. But 
they haven't had that luxury the last few weeks. And so we've seen games kind of get away from them in the third quarter a couple different times recently. Uh, and hopefully that can, you know, course correct now that Luke is back and, and so on. So, okay. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, let's take a look eastward. Ooh, that's a word, right? Eastward. Eastward. Let's, let's hop over to the eastern time zone. There was a big trade pretty recently. You might have heard about it. Pascal Siakam. I know a lot of Mavs fans were tweeting about him and on redditing about him and stuff. Uh, but Pascal Siakam <coughs> was traded to the Indiana Pacers along with the second round pick. Uh, the Raptors in return get Bruce Brown from Indiana. He was, of course, a, a key piece on that Nuggets championship team last year. Um, young shooter Jordan Nawara. Three first round picks. I believe one of them is a conditional pick, which you don't really see that very often mm-hmm. in the NBA. It's more of an NFL thing. And then Kyra Lewis Jr., um, involved in that deal kind of is like two separate trades, but Kyra Lewis Jr. goes from the Pelicans to the Pacers and then ultimately ends up in Toronto. So um, does this trade make Indiana a legit contender in the East? Who wants to bite first? Fire up the take cannon. Do you want to bite first? You go. Does it move the needle? I think it moves the needle a little bit. I mean, I think from Indiana's side, I didn't really see the down you know like i don't really see the why they shouldn't make that deal uh, you know some of these trades you really got to look into when you see just the blanket statement of like hey three first round picks and people freak out you look at some of those picks and it's like two of those picks are next year they're probably going to be in the 20s um you know which you can always find good players in the 20s but it's not like they're giving up two you know three picks that could be you know in the lottery each of those years for a potential rental um but, you know, and, and then you got a team like the Pacers who, you know, if you want to give them the label of a, quote, small market team, they already have a superstar in, in Tyrese Halliburton. You got to go out at some point and try to find, you know, the second star to pair alongside your, your young star. And they go out and they swing for it with Siakam. They're going to be better. I'm, I don't know if it guarantees them, you know, to, a trip to the finals, but I, I don't think a team's probably going to want to play them in the playoffs. You know, Rick Carlisle, we know Rick experienced coach and everything they still kept almost all of their other pieces like all their young players miles turner you know buddy Hield shooting so like yeah i mean and, and you also look at how teams are like just with the you know the salary cap stuff and even some of the new rules now with the aprons and all of that how how, how harder it is to put like three huge salaries on a team and to where now it's like they found like their second big salary to put alongside halliburton and now it's like, all right, how do we find the pieces and stuff to fit around our two like stars? So I really like the trade for you know for the Pacers. They should have done like I don't see the you know why they shouldn't have. So yeah, and it, I think it it definitely for me it moves them up a notch in, in the East. It's like Boston's the number one team. Milwaukee, Philly, we expect to end up there. The Knicks are going to be really good, but like the Pacers could be like right there, like, and it's I think it's cool that they just went for it, you know. Yeah, they're they're seventh in the Eastern Conference right now. I think they could get to top four. Um, and like you were saying, they didn't give up much. Like the Pacers have eight guys that are scoring in double digits. So th- they're spread out with like who can score, but adding someone like Siakam who can be that one or two score on the team like will help them definitely. Um, I think him and Halliburton playing together will be fun to watch. They'll be able to push the ball up the court. He's not the best three-point shooter, but I feel like they have enough other three-point shooters around him where that's okay. Including Miles um, Turner. So, like, the yeah. play that's big yeah. stretch out, you know? Yeah, so I think I think it'll, they'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting to see um, once Halliburton gets healthy. They're winning without him right now, but once he gets healthy, to get him back in there in the mix and try to figure out all these pieces because they, they're a deep team. Like, they have a lot of depth and a lot of different guys who can score. I don't I don't put them on the like Boston Milwaukee tier or probably even Philly, but for me it, like you know them in New York them them in Cleveland them in like I think the combination of Halliburton Siakam their pieces and a Rick Carlisle like if they went against Cleveland in a playoff series right now I'd pick Indiana Miami is it's hard to rule them out with anything like them in New York would be a be a fun series. Really That's fun what I want to see, man. What does Siakam do for the like the Pacers Bucks rivalry too? Uh, the, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> okay. What? 
Why are you laughing? I, I would call it, it's, it is funny to call it a rivalry. It's a rivalry. It is a rivalry. Now. Yeah, it is. Get them the game ball. It is. It's, it's the coolest, most serious rivalry in the NBA. Uh, I think it's Pace, better than the Mavs Hawks rivalry. It is. That is quote, true. Air quote rivalry. That is true. What are we that doing, NBA? Uh, Pacers Knicks would be cool, though. It would be a really rich series because obviously Siakam going up against OG. That would be really cool. Um, kind of like conflicting styles. Pacers are just. They're just trying to score 180, and the Knicks are so big. You know, these big old jumbo uh, forwards. Um, Brunson versus Tyrese Halliburton, which, depending on what you believe, those guys were almost once traded for each other a few years ago. Like, there's a there's a whole Rick lot there. got his guy. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> Eventually. He, yeah, he did get his guy. Um, so, yeah, it would be uh, – that would be a really fun series. I'm, I like when teams that are uh, – you know, the Pacers are like – Oh, that's cute. Look at this team. They're kind of good and kind of mm. young and whatever, and we'll see what happens. No, dude, just try. Just go for yeah. it. Like, I think it's cool. And, you know, like, like uh, also what you said, they have so many other players already, and Isaac, you know, you said they didn't give up much, and obviously Bruce Brown is really good and three picks, blah, 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 blah. But, like, yeah. they still have a lot more picks, and they still have a lot more young guys. Not much in the you sense know. of, like, you gave up one player. Yeah. And now Bruce Brown, I think, is a really good player. But like you gave up but one. They kept player. all of their twenty-two-year-olds yes. on rookie. Like yeah, they can make nice. another move or two, and you know yeah. we know. Uh, I mean, we saw it up close in Dallas whenever Rick was coaching here in like 2015, 16, 17, 18. Like the Mavs were sort of, eh. and you know he was in for the rebuild until it was clear, like yeah, Luca is like pretty good. Let's start winning games. You know, yeah. um, he knows that Tyrese Halliburton is like maybe not as good as Luca, but he's like pretty pretty close <laughs> did you speaking of like early luca did you see the clip of jeff teague and wes matthews and oh yeah talking yeah that's good yeah about yeah. if you haven't seen it, you gotta look it up luca's rookie year and jeff teague trying to start start stuff on the floor so it's always good to see a really good player either leave the west and go to the east when they get traded or just stay in the east see occam state that's great so nobody no team in the west got better and og i don't know same thing goes to the knicks hey cool keep them Stay out, stay away, stay far away from me. Now, the West is just as jam packed as the East. Uh, things are very, very tight. And we got a couple teams, the Lakers and the Warriors, and we're going to talk about all the all these contenders for for the playoff spots uh, here soon. But the Rock, the the Lakers and the Warriors are kind of reeling a little bit, and I don't think anybody believes that they're actually like that bad. So it is a it is a very very intense playoff race um, coming up here. Now, which Western Conference team? Do you hope just like doesn't they're like eh trade deadline not for me like maybe they they lose their phone they like they forget to pay their phone bill <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like mm. ah I can't talk to anybody I guess we can't make a trade like which team do you are are you most afraid would like get way 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 better if they pulled a trigger on a deal I think the Thunder are a really really solid team right now second best team in the West. They're young, they're fun, they're super exciting to watch. And if they add some type of veteran piece, a guy that can come in and just lead them with that playoff experience, that veteran, you know, leadership. I mean, the Thunder are already up there, but if they add something like that to their team, they could be really dangerous. That'd be really annoying. Like they could do what Indiana just did. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I just said it was cool when Indiana did it, but it would be way less cool if the Thunder did right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and they're already so good, and they could literally go out and get anybody, it feels like, with all of their assets and stuff. Um, for me, I try to look around. So I, look at, I try to look at some teams around Dallas that I'm like, all right, if I think you're on the same level now, I don't want you to try to like add a piece to take the next step up. Um, it's going to be a shocker here, but uh, I don't want the Lakers to get better. Mm. So I know it surprises a lot of people. It's a big one. But – the Lakers like turned things around last year, made a big run, and, and all of that. They kind of flipped a the switch. They made a trade and all of that. Um, I think if they went out right now and added a really solid piece, that would scare me a little bit. Whenever you're adding somebody to, you know, LeBron and AD, um, those guys are still playing. You know, LeBron's still playing at a high level. <sighs> all right, <laughs> I admitted it. And you know, to add another player to that for them to make another run. Um, that's just another team in the standings that, you know, ultimately we don't want Dallas to fall into the play-in. It would be awesome to be in that top six. So you start looking at teams ahead of Dallas right now. They're six in the standings right as of this moment. So you don't want any of these teams beneath them to try to, like, and the teams beneath them are 
Phoenix, Golden State, you know, the Lakers, Sacramento, you, like so, like there's a lot some of star power down there. A lot of star power down there. So yeah. So Austin chose a young team with not much pressure at all. Isaac, you chose a team that's a little bit older, um, that is under a lot of pressure. I'm gonna split the difference. I'm gonna go with a youngish team that's under a little bit of pressure. How about the Sacramento Kings? Yep. Tati Viaba's favorite team. Cats Kings. In the back. <laughs> Cat, Cats Kings. Now, earlier this season, I'll we'll never let it die. I said, boy, was I wrong. I thought the Kings would take a step back. Uh, and I apologized for that because they were really good. Well, here they are. I think they've lost four games in a row now. You didn't want to light the beam, did you? I did not want to light the beam. Um, but I know the Kings are going to want to light the beam here. They want to light the beam real, real bad. And they have, you know, an interest. They're in an interesting position because, like, Sabonis is like a little older, but he's not that old. De'Aaron Fox is like not even in his prime yet. Like, they have a bunch of young guys, Keegan Murray and stuff. And then they have like some vets. Like, oh, it'd be nice if it was a little better, maybe. And I hope that that isn't the case because the Kings right now, uh, their bench. They're trying to figure out what they got on the bench. Uh, they're trying to figure out which fifth starter, really which fourth starter, fits best with like the Fox, Keegan Murray, Sabonis little trio there. And if they're able to go out and trade for a guy like they were rumored to be on Siakam, for example, and you know numerous other players, um, that would be kind of annoying because as it stands right now, the Mavs and Kings have played one time this year. They still play each other three more times. And it'd be really cool if they did not get better before those three games because if you look at the standings, the Mavs and the Kings, I believe, are tied right now or within a half a game yeah. of each other or something. Yeah, I mean, a half a game. it could very well be that one of those teams makes the top six and the other one has to, to fight for their playoff lives in the plan if they, if they choose to. I was very happy that they did not get Siakam or OG. Yeah. That was very, very nice. Yeah, because yeah. they're really good, but they have pretty clear weaknesses, you know. Yeah. And so we'll see. They, they were the third seed last year in the West. Um, you know, it's going to be tough to, to break into that top four because right now as it stands, you know, the top four, it's, I guess it's closer – then it probably it it feels more distant um, than than you would expect by looking at the standings, but it really feels like man, Denver, Minnesota, OKC, the Clippers, in some order, barring injury, probably safe, right? Um, probably, maybe. Yeah, I mean the Clippers recently turned it around. I mean they're playing really good basketball, so I mean I guess if we want to just go ahead and pencil them in, but it feels like for me. It, I, I need a little bit longer of a stretch for the Clippers for me to say they're for sure in the top All four. Right, so Isaac might be a little bit of a doubter. <laughs> I sent some. Uh, I sent some naysayer in you. Hey, must run in the company. Oh wow! Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second for that one. Uh, all right, so uh, you know maybe maybe the Clippers belong. Uh, you know with the with the rest of the pack and not with the top four. I feel like they're trying to barge in, but as it stands right now. Between the Pelicans and the Warriors, and the Warriors, you know, they're, they've obviously gone through a, a lot of difficulties on and off the floor uh, recently. So, um, you know, we're not trying to pick on them or anything, but they're 18 and 22. They're 12th. Currently, right now, they're three games out of the plan, uh, or two and a half games out of the plan or something, which is not where you want to be. But we know what that team is capable of. We know what teams like the Lakers are capable of, what teams like the Suns are capable of. And all these teams are going to be vying for these, not only a top six seed, but certainly a spot in the plan. Uh, ideally top eight so that you have two chances to make the playoffs but we're gonna have a little fun here mm. all right we're gonna do a little you know uh good cop bad cop little angel on the so shoulder versus devil on the shoulder whatever you want to say I'm, I'm gonna call it doubter versus believer austin you're a believer you're optimistic yes. you see the bright side yeah isaac not so much <laughs> okay you're just going to make me Debbie the... Debbie Downer always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're big half-empty guy. <laughs> Please don't clip any of this because I'm about to... <laughs> for like every team in the West. I'm yeah. Like you're going to... Tell me why this team sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, just kidding. So what we're going to do is we're going to run down teams that are currently ranked between 5 and 12 in the jam-packed West. Austin, you're going to tell me why you think this team will make the playoffs. Now that means they'll be in the final eight. It, I, I don't care if they finish fifth or tenth. All right. They're just going to make the final eight. Isaac, you're going to tell me why they won't. Okay. Respectfully. Yeah. We don't need any bulletin board material coming from you, man. No. Nope. We've already done that enough this season. <laughs> I would never do that. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with the team that we just saw, the New Orleans Pelicans, currently 25-17 and 17 in fifth place in the Western Conference. Austin, why will they make the playoffs? They've been playing some good basketball since Christmas. They have their trio, Zion, CJ, B.I., 
Um, we know what they can do. They're a really solid three-point shooting team, I think, the best right now. Um, so if they're making shots, they have those guys that can score. They stay healthy. They're trending in the right direction. I think they're going to stay at the f- uh, they're at the five now. I think they're going to stay in the top eight and will be in the playoffs. Could be a sneaky, annoying team if they make a trade too. Yeah. Just mm. turn off your phone, pal. I didn't know what to do with them in that segment of for the Pelicans and like trade deadline stuff because they have such a deep roster. It's like, do they consolidate? But like, if you consolidate, are you gonna are you gonna get that much? better of a player but man, they, i mean unless it's a so big they didn't even play alvarado in that second game against the Mavs. like and he can play mm-hmm. yeah all right but you're being too positive yeah 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 <laughs> sorry sorry tone hey, it down uh, negative hat on no uh you know for them everything involves around injuries and i promise i won't do injuries for each of the team but you know zion is so good but he's missed you know a ton of games in his career so far so uh you know if they have some bad injury luck you know to to end the year. They also give up a ton of three-pointers. They're 27th in the league in three-point um and, and three-pointer uh, not give up, take you know, and make three-pointers. They don't hit a ton of threes. So, they get a lot of their stuff in the paint and, you know. So, that that would be my my route stand, you know, nicer, but I do like their their team is pretty deep. Sorry. That was not mean enough. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, a deep team here. Here's an example of haterade, all right? A deep team means you just don't have a good starting lineup. That's what that it means. Is, but okay, That's what let, that means. Let me just say, kidding. Just kidding. Is there a team that is more deter- – like their their seeding is more determined by health than the Pelicans? I mean, maybe the Mavs, but otherwise, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, and I guess the Lakers yeah, potentially so. and yeah. the Suns. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, but those are – the Lakers and the Pelicans are like rel- – or Lakers and uh, Suns are like relatively older players. Mm-hmm. The Pelicans oh. are – most of these guys are like 25 or younger. Um, okay. Let's go right across the parking lot from here. The Dallas Mavericks. Austin, why will the Mavs make the playoffs? You have Luka. You have Kyrie, an explosive offensive duo that either one of them, both of them, can go off every single night. We have all these other pieces um, that we talk about every every week. So we know the potential of what they can bring on offense every night and then adding how much Luca has made it a point of emphasis to talk about defense. He's, you know, saying it's like something he's going to pride himself on that he's really working on. And that is so important once you get to the playoffs and postseason. So if he's having that mindset, everyone else is following behind. Um and following along and doing that, playing good defense, it helps lead to even better offense. Um, they're, yeah, they're they're a lock. Winning the championship. They're a lock. <laughs> Isaac, they're make lock. everybody mad. <laughs> you have the toughest job of them all right, right now, buddy. Um, you know, I don't want to do the injury card, but um, you know, their defense. I'd say if they don't make the playoffs, it's you know, defensively they just can't figure it out, and they're still giving up a ton of points to where they're just trying to outscore teams every game. And, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, I think it, it could be because of, the, you know, their size. And we've talked a lot about even when they throw their small ball lineup lineup out there, Luke is the biggest guy on the floor. Uh, and, you know, we see that when Lively's, you know, missed some games for injury and stuff. But and a lot of these teams now, you know, in today's game, they have this ability to go big. And so if they just can't figure out the defensive side of the ball and they're too small, obviously if there's an injury to Kyrie or Luka, then it's going to be, you know, hard for them to make – you know the playoffs but that would be the path yeah all right uh, i would be remiss to say the mavs are 24 and 18 one game behind the pelicans and a half a game ahead of the next team the sacramento kings currently in 20 23 and 18 austin why will the kings make the playoffs well you kind of just talked about them they were the three seed last year i don't think they will be as high this year but they're young they're hungry they have some good pieces you said you already a little bit scared of them and you don't want them to get an even better. So um, if that does happen, I think regardless if it does or doesn't happen, they're in the playoffs. The reason why they don't make the playoffs, I think it's kind of similar to the Mavs as far as like defense. They'll give, they give up a ton of points, you know, sometimes. Um, and if they do make a trade, maybe the chem- throws the chemistry off. Um, I think they do make some type of trade before the deadline, but, but like the Mavs, they are kind of small. You know, they like to run Sabonis at the five sometimes, and he's, you know, 6'9", 6'10". And uh, so I, I, I'll i be interested to see if they go out and throw one of the teams that's interested in uh, another big at the deadline. But I think the size part could get them. I think the defense could get them. And if they make a, you know, a bigger trade, 
it might not it might take some time for them to figure out how they gel around Fox and Solanas. And the margins are very thin. So if you're if you make a big experimental trade, then you do run the risk of just running like look at the maps last year. They made this trade yeah. for Kyrie. Luke and Kyrie were fine, but it kinda everything else was just sort of weird and it just got away from him like that, you know. Uh, so maybe actually make a really risky trade, Sacramento. <laughs> you should do it. Uh, but wait until after uh, you play our games against the maps. Uh, Phoenix Suns, 22-18. and 18. Boy, they're playing some basketball lately since uh, Bradley Beal came back. Why are they going to make the playoffs? Yeah, like you said, they've been playing good since Christmas. When They have all three of those guys healthy, um, KD and Booker and Beal. They're a plus 15 net rating when they all start. So That's really annoying. You might mm. use this, you know, saying if they're not all healthy, if they're not all playing, that can be your point, but Thank when you. they all <laughs> <laughs> when they all um are healthy out on the court starting together, one of them is likely to go off, at least one, maybe two, maybe all three. So, um they have an they have a good chance to win every single night when you have three like three guys like that starting. So when one of them's hurt and they're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you come up with that idea? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this is one of the injury teams. Obviously, you lose one of those three guys. It's going to be tough. Uh, talked about salary cap earlier. When you have three huge salaries like that, it really limits how you can build out the rest of the team. But they've, they've had a pretty good season from Grayson Allen this year. Um, Shoot almost 50% from three. Yeah, I mean, so I think depth is, you know, their biggest thing if – you know, there's some injury stuff or they try to limit some of their minutes and stuff and they just can't get enough from the smaller salary guys on the team. We'll see what they do at the deadline. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's the path. for them. If they're healthy, they, they should make it. Yeah, I think uh, do we all agree if those three guys, let's say, play whatever, 80% of the remaining games, they're going to be pretty yeah. good? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So, so those teams are five through eight right now, which means the next four teams are trying to fight their way in, right? So, like... Only half the teams we're talking about are going to make the playoffs. And let us know in the comments below if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. Who do you think is in and who do you think is out right now? So don't wait until the trade deadline. Do it right now. Make your take. All right? How about uh, a bit of a darling over the last, I don't know, let's say three, four weeks, the Utah Jazz. They finally lost last night, but they've been killing everybody for like three weeks now. Are they going to just ride this wave all the way to the postseason? Yeah, I think they will. Like you said, they were on a hot streak. They lost last night, but um, they've still been playing some really good basketball. And I still feel like even with that, they've kind of been flying under the radar. Um, people aren't get, giving them maybe enough credit, but I think they have a lot of depth. They're a deep team, and once you get to the playoffs, that, that's a really important thing to have. So I think, I think they're going to find a way to, to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think for them, you know, you look at their season last year, they start off good, they had a good record, and there's like kind of similar discourse of like, oh, this team we thought we were going to, after they made the trades for, you know, Mitchell and Gobert and sent them off and like, are they like sneaky good? What? And then they kind of just took the direction that you know, a lot of people thought that they would take, uh, and they end up getting a top 10 pick, you know, that year. So I just assume that they're going to do that again. <laughs> um <laughs> And we'll see what they, uh, you know, what they do at the deadline. There's a lot of you know, rumors stuff surrounding their team of, you know, the classic lines of buyers and sellers and what teams will be at the at the deadline stuff. But they're also 23rd in, in defense, so uh, they give up a ton of points. So they they're just one of those teams that just have to outscore you. And uh, is that sustainable long term? I think that's the. It, it's more about the direction they want to take. And I think ultimately, like. If they don't make the playoffs, it's because they made it. They made a choice as a franchise to continue building for the future and finding young guys. What about a team that made a big time trade with the Jazz last season that, in part, led to the Jazz's uh, record taking a downturn and it equally saved the the receiving team season? The L.A. Lakers, twenty one and twenty one. Now, we can't, like, wave our magic wand and say, if they make another awesome trade to reinvent their team, they'll be great. But, like, why would this group of players that they currently have right now, why will they make the playoffs? They have a win-now mentality. They have guys that know what it takes to win. Um, how do you bet against LeBron? I mean, he's playing. Well, we don't bet or <laughs> fix or tip. I'm just saying, How like, does one bet? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have someone like him on a team – there's just a really good chance that like someone like him, he knows what it takes to win. He can find a way um, to bring his team, um, even if he's not scoring one night or whatever he's not doing, he 
having a guy like him on this on a team just makes them special, makes them um, a team that could make the playoffs. So I think they sneak in. Um, you have AD as well. He's great on both ends. I'm a big fan of Austin Reeves. I think he's a big spark. So I think they have enough other pieces as well. And then you add LeBron. They know how to win. If his name was Adam Reeves instead of Austin Reeves, would uh, you still like him? It would go down a couple of Adrian boxes. Reeves? Yeah, no. Or, yeah, it's but he does, Arnold? Spell, he does spell it wrong. Oh, uh, that's true. So. That's true. Well, that wasn't his choice. I think you're the I guess he <laughs> has the choice to, to correct he his He could change it. Yeah, yeah, he could. He could. Uh, all right, Isaac, this is the moment you've been uh, dreaming yeah. for. You've just been chomping at the bit. Let me cook. <laughs> um, <laughs> Turn on the bone crusher in the back. Let's get some music bed under this. Also, you're the only person I know who spells it with a Y. I've met others. <laughs> <laughs> there are dozens but of them. Yeah. I w- but I will take that as a compliment because it's, it's yeah, unique. You're the only one. Um, Lakers, can they score enough? They did the other night against the Mavs, and, uh, but for the season, they're like 23rd in the league in offense. They don't shoot hardly any threes, or they, they can't hit a ton of threes typically. Um, and then, you know, they were just rely so much on it. I mean, it's freaking LeBron. I mean, he's, he's still doing it at 39 and playing at a high level. But they rely so much on a 39-year-old LeBron. So if they don't make the playoffs, it's because they just didn't have enough shooting around those guys, uh, and they didn't get enough help around LeBron and AD. It is interesting with them. Because that was pretty like, nice. No, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Like Cat, you like that? It was yep, very, very, very that. political. Yeah. Well done. Uh, but like whenever they start, like Russell and Reeves, all of a sudden this team that has the potential to be so big is just really s- small. You know, but their defensive lineups have struggled to score. Their offensive lineups have struggled to get stops. So it does feel like there's this kind of like ideological disconnect or something. Yeah. I don't know. But we'll see if they figure it out. Um, you can never count out LeBron, though. You just can't do it. Yep. You can't do it. All right, Houston Rockets. This is a team that is kind of, I don't know, it's like they're super young and then also like super old. Uh, everyone that comes off their bench is like 35, but they're, everyone in their starting lineup is like 14 years old somehow. So do we think, Austin, that uh, the kids are all right? Or do we, whatever, some other pun? Yeah, I think, well, I think it's good balance. They have the young guys that are hungry, that are energized, and then they have some of the older guys to help lead them. Um, I think the Rockets will look to be a buyer at the trade deadline for the first time in four or so years. So if they add something else to the team um, to help them even more, I think that gives them an even better chance. But... I think with what they have in place now, there's there's some good pieces. They have their their starting lineup in place. I think they could they could make their way in. Houston's hard for me to figure out. Uh, I was higher on them the most going into the season that I think that they would take a leap. They did, uh, but I still don't know like what their like ceiling floor is because it's kind of like what you know you were saying. Like they have kind of like two different. They're really good in defense, like sixth in the league in, in defensive rating. So. Uh, but they're like you know young team, but they also have these like vet win now players too. So um, yeah, I think it's kind of like, do you have enough? Like, do they have enough to like land in that play in? shingun has been having an awesome season for them. Uh, as you know, I, I kind of thought Jabari would have the type of season Shingun has had as like the young guy who kind of separates himself from the other young guys. Shingun is so legit. And you know, Shingun's done that. I mean, I'm still high on Jabari. I think he's a, a good young player. Uh, so they just got to, like, figure out what – it's in a weird spot. They got to figure out what their future is with their young guys, but they also have the win now players and, you know, Ime's a, you know, a good coach and stuff. So uh, it's confusing for them. But I think it's – if they just can't figure out their identity, I think that's the biggest thing for them why they don't make it. So the Rockets currently 19-21, and 21, uh, two wins behind the Lakers who are 21-21 and 21 in 10th place. So the Rockets are on the outside looking in. But here is a, one reason to be kind of yeah, – the Rockets, 15 and 6 at home. If you're playing in the plan, it's one game elimination, and you got to go into a place where they just win and play with a bunch of confidence. Yeah. Whew, spooky. <laughs> on the other hand, though, 4 and 15 on the road. So that is a sign of a young team, right? Yeah. Is it not? Um, but a team like that with nothing to lose playing in their building, oh boy. Oh boy. All right, how about the Golden State Warriors? Currently 18 and 22. And the Mavs are supposed to play the Warriors tonight. That game will be rescheduled at a later date. Um, the Warriors, man, like, they got a bunch of guys wanting more minutes. They got 
the you know Draymond finally came back, but it's like Draymond and Clay, like are they still like are they still like that at that level? Like there's a lot of questions facing this team, but Austin, why will they manage to find the answers and how? I mean, they have championship DNA. They have veteran leadership. They know how to win and they know what it takes to win. Um, yeah, Steph's in a little bit of a slump in and out, but he can go off any night. He's not going to stay in one for long because we've seen, you know, what he can do on any given night. So um, they get Draymond back in the mix. You get everyone, you know, kind of playing um, back on the same level of how they've played in past seasons. It's a lot of the same guys. They know they know what to do. They've been there before, so they can find their way in. They did just win a playoff series as a six seed one year ago with basically this team. Yeah. So – it is possible. But, Isaac. Yeah, I mean, the reason why they don't make the playoffs is kind of like pick your reason, you know, right right now. If, you know, Chris Paul's out, um, their bottom five defense. Um, you look at Draymond and Klay Thompson, they've been staples of this team for a long time. Um, I wouldn't say they've been the same staples this year for their own different reasons uh, in that. Um, they can make any type of you know trade over the next – I mean, I don't know what direction they'll go with trade stuff – over the next few weeks. So they just have a lot of a lot of stuff in flux right now. And yeah, I mean it, it's you see these teams, you don't want, you know, I'm not going to say that they're like done, you know, some people love to do that and stuff. But at, at some point a dynasty run like this has to uh, will come to an end and I think the question now they got to figure out is that now is that do they you know, can they delay it for a few years with another trade and they can get back on track? Um, that's what they got to figure out. So and it's tough. I mean, in this position right now, three games behind the Lakers in the wins col- in the win column, and the Warriors have played forty games. The Lakers have played forty two games. So the the Warriors have a couple extra games in hand here. But like, that's just for the tenth seed. You know, that's to play one road game, where if you lose, you're out. And if you win, then you have to stay on the road and win another game just to be the eighth seed. Like, it is really, really, really hard. Uh, if you're not like the Mavs right now, you know, there's only a couple games separating them from that same exact situation, but at least they got the couple in the bag, you know, yeah. the Warriors right now are a couple on the other side, you know, so it is, you don't want to ever find yourself in a situation where you're like fighting and just paddling as hard as you can just to like stay in place, you know, and then to get upstream like a little bit, like it is, it's a gruesome, gruesome scene out there at the, like between like nine and 12, you know, um, you want to do it for the Spurs? Uh, sure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> you you don't even want to hate on the Spurs? No, it's, t- it's a tough season. I mean, Wim- how fun is Wimby though? Dude, he's awesome. <laughs> like, he's awesome. If Wimby's on TV, I have to like put it on. I'm like, all right, I gotta watch Wimby. Yeah. No, he it's is. A lot of fun. He is awesome. And I'm hoping that when when do the Spurs come back to Dallas? It's pretty soon, right? Like right before the All Star uh, break or right after they I play. Don't know. I hope he's able to play, man. I was really bummed whenever he didn't play in that game. It's like a late scratch, too, I think. Yeah, very late scratch. Like he warmed up and then tweaked his ankle or something. Yeah. 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 So that was was no fun. Um, All right. Quick look ahead real quick. Just a very quick, very quick, quick look ahead real quick. Very quick, quick. quick. Uh, Monday versus Boston. Wednesday versus Phoenix. Wow. Friday at Atlanta. It's part of rivalry week. (laughs) We got just Mavs and Hawks fans at each other's throats all no, the time. Don't get me still. started on that. And then Saturday, the Mavs come back home and play the Kings. That is the second night of a back-to-back. Um, pretty tough little week of basketball coming up. You got three playoff teams coming in your house, including the team with the best record in the NBA and a team that has not lost many games since they've been healthy. Uh, how are we feeling? How, how are we feeling, Austin, team? you watching the Boston game with us in the press box? Um, I got the date wrong on that Seeds for Soldiers thing, but I'll be in town, so yeah. I don't have a game or All anything right. else, so let's do it. Woohoo! We're holding her to it right here. The corner three squad will be in the press box. That's yep. right. Watch it. Um, you know, anytime Phoenix comes to town, it's a it's a big game. I mean, if we're if we're talking rivalries, you know, that's <laughs> that's rival right now. Um, nothing with Atlanta. So you know, Boston, the back to back of Boston. It's not back to back, but like Boston, then you know, Phoenix two days later. Those are two massive games and. You know, Porzingis back in town uh, for that Monday. So if you can make it to the Monday and Wednesday games for sure, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough ask, Austin, for a team right now that's, like, trying to find the answers on your defense. You look at your next two games, you got, like, oh, my God, it's all the best wings in the NBA right now. 
Uh, and then the game after that is like the easy game, and so you got to stop Trey Young in the pick and roll. And then you come back home, and it's like, oh, Demonis Sabonis like basically averages a triple double. Like, how do they find the defensive answers in these four games? I don't know, but I think it's a good test. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. That's yeah. why I'm asking yeah. you. Jeez. I'm glad Bobby asked you. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, that's an impossible <laughs> question. But it's like, how do you, do you fix the defense? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? What can we? What can you do? You know, like you just got to step up. You yeah. got to figure it out, right? Yeah. You got multiple chances too, so you know. Maybe not get all play the best defense in all four of these games, but um, good enough to win all four. You, I mean, yeah, you got a chance. A little fi- <laughs> little finals preview on Monday. Uh, could be, yeah. sure. Western Conference final preview on Wednesday. Uh, they also play on Friday, and then on Saturday they play a game, potential first-round matchup. First-round preview on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, it could also be these two teams playing for a spot in the play-in. Like, uh, it's, geez. Every game, basically, from now until the All-Star break is against a playoff team. Um, again, this Atlanta right now is not in the playoff picture. It is bewildering what's happening with them, um, but they're in the play-in right now in the East, and Trey Young absolutely picked them apart twice last season. Yeah. So do not underestimate the Atlanta Hawks. Do not underestimate the challenge of that game, especially with it being on a back-to-back, the front end of back-to-back. Okay, that is going to do it for us. Thank y'all. You should wear a, a beanie next week and match us. Yeah, I did not get the memo there. I actually have been participating in the group text, and y'all repay me by coordinating without me. <laughs> you the have. Heck? You have been yeah. responding. I'll so give you that's, credit. That's with good. punctuation. I'll give you credit. Yes, I might add. With punctuation. We do need to see a hat or a beanie next week. All right. I don't have a beanie. I'm not sure that I have a hat. But do your I'll try ears to find own one? Do your I ears don't never know. get cold? Uh, I have a, I mean, I, like a hoodie. Oh, I like a hood. Can okay. I wear a hoodie? No. no. I mean, that doesn't count. <sighs> beanie Bobby next Friday. Oh, I like it. All right. Well, she's Austin. He's Isaac. For Cat, for E in the back, mm. uh, they, they waved. The cat, your mic did work last week, by the way. Uh-oh. Oh, she's no. bringing it, folks. It works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Uh, okay, this has been the Corner 3. We will be back with you next week. Also be on the lookout uh, for a little announcement for some fun stuff that we got coming up uh, that I'll announce to them after this, and then we'll <laughs> announce to you next week. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>